0: Oh, control your mind, control your life. Think Different Theory, baby. It's what we do. We are live with Liz. Is it Jermaine? Yeah. Jermaine, Liz. Welcome. Think Different Theory. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. Um, I. It's interesting how we got you on the show. It was one of those things where we're like, hey, we're looking for people. And then, uh, you commented down below and, um, I saw your YouTube channel, I looked about into you and I was like, yes, you seem like an interesting person to, uh, to get to know and chit chat with, especially learning a little bit about your mission. Where are you out of?
1: Uh, I was in San Diego for the last 14 years, but I actually just recently moved
0: to Boise, Idaho. Wow. Are we, w- why Boise.
1: Well, there's a lot of reasons. Um, I do have some family up here, but mainly to get my business and my life out of California. I just really didn't like the way that things were going, specifically with taxes. Okay, isn't so it I crazy? Was one of the, the mass exodus of Californians.
0: Are, are you worried about that, um, that? That tax that they were talking about, like the, what it was, like a 04 percent tax or something like that for the next ten years? Like if you lived in California and it passed, like for the next ten years, even if you move out, they tax you.
1: Yeah. I just, none of it makes sense to me. It doesn't make any sense.
0: I mean, it just seems so stupid. Elon Musk left and moving all his uh, factories to Texas. Joe Rogan just left, which I think is insane. Right. I mean, that that was a big one. He moved to Texas as well. You're into Boise. That's crazy though.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of people. I actually just got my new license plates up here because my boyfriend was like, Oh, you can't be driving around with California.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of friends in Boise. Are you in the ClickFunnels world at all? Uh, I know a lot of
1: people in that world. Okay. I don't personally use ClickFunnels, but I'm very familiar. Yeah,
0: so obviously ClickFunnels is up there in Boise. So I know, like, you know, I, I go to Boise somewhat often, probably more than most cities when I travel. Um, but I, I know so many people up there that people move there and they just love it uh, up there. Yeah, I it just is moved, awesome. I just moved to um, right outside of Denver to Colorado, and it's like one of those things where I like immediately fell in love and I'm like, yeah, we're definitely never leaving. And, uh, people say the same thing about Boise. Uh, are, are you getting that feel?
1: Yeah. I actually, um, just caught news too, that Boise, I think just passed a bill to end all the COVID restrictions. So I think that's really? Yeah. They're the first state to pass that bill. So I don't know if it went through, um, off hundred percent yet, but I definitely know that'll have a ripple effect on other states. And well, let's it's hope like- so. It's a whole different world up here, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) Well, okay, so like the whole mass thing is is such an interesting conversation because like I'm about I'm very libertarian in a lot of my political views. Like I tend to vote Republican most of the time begrudgingly, but (laughs) but like basically I believe in personal freedom and like the whole mass debate I have to be so careful of because for me, I'm like, master, the stupidest thing in the world. Like, this is so dumb. This is so ridiculous, right? Like, the fact that we think that, like, hey, let's walk six feet to my table and have my mask on. But once I get to my table in the restaurant, I can take it off. You know, like, it's just, like, so dumb. I do understand that, like, in large crowded areas, people, you know, they spit when they talk. And, like, things kind of go out there. So, like, I get it. Like, in certain circumstances, it Probably makes a difference, right? But I just I feel like it needs to be left up to the private sector. Like it needs to be left up to the private businesses. And if a private business is like, hey, we'd like you to wear a mask, then cool. Like I'm okay with that. But this idea that we have to mandate that somebody is not able to just have their mouth uncovered, like what? That's insane.
1: Yeah, my first experience with masks specifically actually wasn't as part of COVID. This was like six, seven years ago. I went over to explore around Southeast Asia. And I noticed there were a lot of people in airports that had masks on and I thought it was a little bit weird, mm. but it wasn't, this was like pre COVID. Right, so right. Six th- years this ago, is yeah. like just a normal daily living over there. And I remember thinking it was so weird. And so I looked into it. I'm like, why are they wearing masks? Like, are they afraid to get something? And I actually discovered that over there it's pretty standard custom and it's considered to be polite. If you're sick, you wear a mask. Mm. That was actually my first experience of masks and being like, why would someone wear a mask to the airport? And now here we are many, many years later (laughs) where it's like, everyone's wearing a mask. So, you know, it's a, it's a whole thing. I think if people, if people want to wear them, same thing, if businesses want to require that you wear them for sure, we should all be polite and be respecting people's choices around that. But that goes both ways. You know, if somebody doesn't want to wear a mask, I don't know. I don't think it should be mandated law that you should be forced to put something over your face. Yeah. I think it's like...
0: I think it's like cancel culture. Um, it's like has stemmed from that where like, what you say, hey, it goes both ways. It does go both ways. Like there's freedom for a reason, right? You have the freedom to ask someone to wear a mask if they enter your store. You have the freedom to wear a mask if you choose to wear a mask. And you also have the freedom to be like, actually I'm a free citizen and don't have to put something over my face if I don't want to. And like, it's funny cause I used to live where we lived beforehand was Nebraska. And Nebraska doesn't give a crap. Like literally you go to the bars and it is, nobody's a mask, wall to wall, shoulder to shoulder, like nobody cares, right, uh, there. And we never went into shutdown mode. We didn't have a lot of cases, um, right? Everybody was, you know, when it first came around was like, kind of like, okay, let's be a little bit careful. And there are certainly people that wear them. But then I moved out to Denver and oh my word, I was in Starbucks the other day. And I sat down and, you know, there's a big sign. It's like, please wear a mask inside unless you're sitting at a table, right? And so I like was waiting to pick up my mobile order drink. There's like 25 people in line. It's ridiculous. So I like sit down, take off my mask. And this liter- this lady literally comes up to me in the face and is like, N- uh, excuse me, excuse, like literally like this in my face, like right there. Like, would you at least put on a mask? What the heck is your problem? And I'm like, oh my gosh, the sign right there says it's fine, right? And it's like to the point where people, like if you're not, abiding by their way of thinking they literally just want to shut you down and it's i don't understand it you know what i mean yeah i
1: do i actually had a in an interaction with a a friend of mine who you know i was around the blm stuff and i actually just i just wanted to ask questions i just wanted to understand where she was coming from i wanted to learn more i wanted to hear what she had to say i didn't want to debate anything i literally just wanted to understand and she couldn't even do it she couldn't do it And that was really it was disheartening because this is like a good friend of mine so if I can't even have these conversations with a friend like if you can't talk to me about this like like I'm a very conscious kind respectful person right how are you ever going to get this message across to Joe Patriot (laughs) you're just not you're just not they're going to tune you out and shut down and then you guys are just completely divided and you're not communicating so it was really interesting yeah I mean I feel like that it's a very human thing to do and it's really interesting because I've studied anthropology for a long time Mm. that was actually what I went to school for, I thought I was going to be an anthropologist because I've always been fascinated with why do people do the things they do. Yeah, and it's always been you know really a, an interesting thing to explore, like what in human nature, or what in their upbringing, or what in their belief system causes them to believe, act, and behave in the ways that they do. And this isn't you know a right or left thing, or a Democrat Republican right. thing, uh, you know BLM supporter, non-BLM supporter. Like it's not, it doesn't matter what issue we're looking at. Like I just want to understand why do you feel that way? Yeah. And, and also protect people's right to feel however they feel like you have the right to feel that way. If that is what your experience and your higher calling is, is driving you towards, but how do we coexist if we can't even have conversations about it? That's the question that keeps coming up for me.
0: And I, I feel the same way. And I think, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. Like, I feel like people that want to be able to express themselves um, are doing it in such a way where they're like, Hey, I should have the right to think the way that I want to think. But then also in the same breath are like, but you shouldn't, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Don't,
1: <laughs> I know, but they don't see it that way. You know, <laughs> right. it's really interesting because a lot of times I don't even say where I actually stand on any of those things. And I'm also very fluid. Um, I like to look at and, and consume information from both sides. You know, I don't like to take sides. That's just, I, I will never want to take sides with things. Um, so it's really interesting. And I couldn't agree more. It's like, there's so much hypocrisy, but on both sides though. On both sides. And then each other are like, they're both accusing each other of doing the same thing when they're both right. And they're both wrong. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. can we all just recognize our, our very human nature and just like, let it go and and focus on, what can we do? Like, how can we be productive together and coexist in, the, in a society where we don't have to make the other person wrong because there isn't <laughs> actually an other person? Right. It's all you. Right,
0: right. You know what I mean? And I, I, it's it's so fascinating to me that people, they don't see it that way, right? Like, they, it's like they cannot make this correlation of, hey, we're all living on the same planet. And I believe, and it sounds like probably you as well, like we're all connected, right? Like we're, we're all one, right? Whether you want to call that through God or energy or source or whatever, right? Like we're all kind of here and we're trying to figure everything else out. And I, like in my head, I can't understand the desire to want to literally like cancel or take someone else's opinion out of it. It's like, in what, in what reality do you have all the answers? Right? Like in what reality did you, are you the one that magically woke up and like, we're right on everything? You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, if we can all accept the fact that nobody has all the answers and that the only way to get all the answers, if you will, is by having open conversation back and forth about what's going on and being like, oh, oh, okay. Maybe I didn't see it quite that way before. Oh, maybe I didn't understand that perspective. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe we should have some reform here. Oh, maybe we should you know, pro- approach things a little bit differently. And I think one of the big, biggest issues is that people cannot separate personal beliefs from laws and from like political situations. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it kind of reminds me, I used to, I did some consultant work for a really big fitness brand before I started my new company, VidFluence, and it was a married couple that was running it. And you know how in business they're supposed to be, you know, ideally you want to have a visionary and an integrator, and both of those are super important to have. And so this married couple in their business, they did have that structure. The husband was the integrator, the wife was the the visionary, and I was in between and I was talking and communicating with both of them. And as somebody who also, you know, I grew a really big brand in the health and fitness space. Uh, So I understand the importance of, you know, having the face of the brand, having new projects and new campaigns and all of that and wanting to run with it and produce the videos and get it out there and get it done. And then I also understood the integrator side because on the back end, I actually took the Colby test and turns out I'm more, I'm a better integrator than I am, Mm. you know, the visionary. I'm not, I'm not a quick start, right? So on the other end, it's really important to also have the links working in your campaigns to make sure you have tracking set up so you know where the money's actually coming from. All those little nitty gritty like technical things that often slow down a quick start type visionary type person. It was really interesting being in between this married couple because I'd communicate with the husband one day and I would hear him just moan and gripe about how, you know, she doesn't understand how we just have to get this done. You know, it's not like you could just sit down and put out a, you know, million dollar marketing campaign. Like I've got to build the links. I need some time to do that. And then when I would talk to her, she's like, he just always is slowing me down and I have so many ideas and these are great ideas and people are loving them. And I don't understand why it's taking him so long to get it done. And it was like, I actually ended up leaving because I was like, you guys really need to sit down you need to have a conversation because I'm (laughs) not okay with being like your private therapist anymore. Like you guys really need to work this out. Both of what you are doing is very important to the business. Yeah. And it, and right now what I'm seeing is you don't have a healthy respect for each other and what your gifts are. Yeah. And until you have that, I'm not, I can't come back and work with you guys because it was a living hell. Right. <laughs> it was right. Awful. I was like in between like
0: yeah, but that's, two
1: people that were just butting heads constantly.
0: And that's the state of, well, America, but probably, probably the world, but for sure America right now is like, we live in a culture of different people, people like, you know what I mean? Like we gotta, we gotta respect that. And it's so funny. Um, I posted this one time. I'm like, my personal beliefs do not constitute my political beliefs. And I was like, I like, I'm a Christian, right? Like I, I believe in God. I'm like me personally, my personal religious belief think that like something like gay marriage is immoral, but I'm like, I have absolutely zero problem with gay marriage. If you want, like, who cares, right? You know what I'm saying? From a political standpoint. Like, if I was in office and they were like, would you oppose a, a bill that would, le- like, le- like, legalize gay marriage? I'd be like, no, I wouldn't oppose that at all. Like, it's a free country. You can do whatever the frick you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, this, my personal belief about, for me and my life and how I choose to live my life, in no way should constitute how everybody else lives their life. You know what I mean? And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, if we could all just go and, you know, I'm, hate to bring Ben Shapiro into things because a lot of people hate Ben Shapiro. Good old Ben Shapiro. We love him. Um, <laughs> But like, it's one of those things where he's like, the, the real answer to most of America's problems is to everybody's to leave everybody else the F alone. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, if we just all were like, hey, everybody go live your life and I'm not going to try to cancel you. You don't try to cancel me. We're all just going to live in, you know, in harmony together. uh, Everything would be better. But then you do have the issues of, you know, police brutality and and racism and like, you know, things like that, where it's, it's not everybody does leave everybody alone. You know what I mean? People are racist and people are prejudiced or certain ways. And it's super frustrating. Um, because like, while the answer is leave everybody alone, the fact of the matter is like people don't, and we have to figure out how to deal with that. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I think there's a lot of, um, I don't know. I don't, I I don't want to run the risk of of spiritually bypassing things. But what, what I will say is between that married couple, what ended up resolving the conflict and, and ended up making them 10 times more successful. And they were finally able to work together and recognize each other's gifts and talents was that they took personal responsibility and they, they worked on respecting one another. That's pretty much it. And I think, um, you know, I was having a conversation with a really close friend about a month ago when everything was, you know I mean, it seems like every, it's like we're in the twilight zone every month It seems to get more and more <laughs> agitated in the world Um, so, you know, I won't say when it was just starting because it's been starting But we were having a conversation and she was like just opening up to conspiracy theories and all these alternative viewpoints on what's actually going on behind the scenes And she was getting really depressed. She's like, how do we like how does no one see this? How is this like such a fringe thing when And it's like, there's facts to back this stuff up in a lot of senses. And I'm like, girl, you just, you cannot identify with your beliefs. You just can't, you can't attach your ego and your human being to what you believe right now, based on the limited amount of information. And what I'm seeing just from a macro picture from like taking, putting on my anthropologist hat. Yeah. People want to feel like they're good people and they're doing things to make an impact in the world But the problems that we're seeing are really what I'm seeing from a macro level again I don't I don't I'm not a big fan of blanket statements around anything. So take it with a grain of salt. What I'm seeing is people are essentially not taking personal responsibility in a lot of these cases, and they want to blame someone else. They want to blame an enemy. They want to blame somebody for why things are the way they are instead of taking personal responsibility and being the change. Does that make sense?
0: Yep. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I, I mean, that's hugely what we, you know, I talk about my brand is like, I believe that personal responsibility is like basically the answer to everything, right? In your own personal life. If you take Personal responsibility for your actions, for your thoughts, for your you know work ethic, for your money, and like you understand that. And once again, blank a statement, but there's a lot of truth to it. Is like everything's your fault, right? And I understand there's exceptions to that, but if you just if you just are like, hey, everything's my fault. That's actually one of the like the most freeing, empowering statements in the world. Because if you just accept the fact that hey, everything that happened happened to you because of actions by you, like then guess what? You have the ability to go out and change that. Like change your actions, change your thinking, and then you're gonna go out and change your life. But we live in this world that is so, I feel like everybody wants to play the victim. Like everybody wants to be like, oh, whoa, is me, the evil Donald Trump, the evil Nancy Pelosi, right? Shame on them. They're. they're it's their fault, right? Or, you know, oh, the evil police officers or, the, or the, the evil black people. It's like, okay, or, or maybe it's not them, or maybe it's just you. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think it's just because they're attaching their identity to to their beliefs. And I think it's a real problem that no one's talking about. Like you will be directly proportionally depressed and upset and triggered by things based on how much you attach your identity to what's going on. Because so then all do you of mean a sudden by beliefs, you're though? like you're like in the game. Um, basically, like whatever you believe, political, spiritual, whatever, like it, it's bigotry, essentially. When you're attaching your identity and saying, if you don't also believe this thing then therefore you are a bad person mm. and you have nothing of value to say because you don't believe the same things that I do. As bigotry. Gotcha. It's that's, that's messed up, you know?
0: Sounds like Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say that because I'm a Donald Trump fan and everybody knows that, so I can make fun of Donald Trump and not get persecuted. Well, I'll probably get persecuted for it. That's what's new. Um, you, have a, you have a big old brand at helping people be themselves on the wonderful platform of YouTube which I think is super interesting. So um, I kind of want to go into your backstory because I don't know anything about you except what, you know, the few comments that I've seen from you on Facebook. And it sounds like you have quite the story of like where you were to, to where you're at. And I think that there's um, a lot that can be learned from that. YouTube is this platform that it's like, I want to get into it so bad. I'm a Facebook person and Facebook doesn't like me. Facebook doesn't like a lot of people that, you know, like to speak their mind, you know, that we, they, they like to censor. Uh, and I'm like way less of a conspiracy theorist on Facebook centering. I, I have so many conservative friends that are like, Facebook just wants to censor conservatives. You know, they want to promote, you know, the liberal points of view and blah, 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 and I'm like, I actually don't think that's true at all. Like, I just think that Facebook is trying to manage 3 billion people and we're, you know, we, we act like Mark Zuckerberg magically can see everything at once and be like, oh, he should have taken down those pages. Oh, he's the one that I'm like, dude, the guy's managing literally like one of the top five biggest companies in the entire world, managing 3 billion people. You have no idea like what, what that is going on. But YouTube, on the other hand, I feel like you can get away with a lot, a lot more than you can on Facebook without being censored or shut down or blocked or put in Facebook jail or anything like that. Um, like it is on YouTube. So what's your, like, how'd you get into YouTube? How'd you get into And, and what do you do on there?
1: Yeah, So I'll give you kind of the cliff notes of, of my upbringing. So I grew up, um, in Ann Arbor, Michigan and grew up super unhealthy. Didn't really have, you know, positive, healthy role models. And in Michigan, you know, it's really, there is something to be said about, oh, it's easy for all these California Instagram influencers to <laughs> talk about being healthy because every street corner you go down, there's like six vegan restaurants, yeah. <laughs> green juice factories, pumping out green juice by the barrel. And in Michigan, it's just That's not right. that way. You're in, it, I mean, it's just not that way. So, didn't really have a whole lot of healthy influences growing up. And, you know, I ever from a very young age, I've always questioned everything like, well, why is it that way? And it, one yeah. of the most frustrating things for me has always been if somebody can't provide an answer. This is why I hated uh, chemistry classes because I'm like, well, but why do those two ions go together? Yeah. <laughs> why do those two chemicals bond? Like, you can't tell me why then it just, it makes my brain want to explode. So anyway, I've always been a big questioner my whole life. Like, why are we doing this? And, um, you know, growing up in public schools in Michigan, I just, I went to the biggest high school in Michigan. This was before they built a secondary high school to to put all the overflow in. We had like 42 or 4,300 kids in my school. So it was like a small city. Um, And, you know, there was, there was a lot of stuff going on constantly. We had murders, we had rapes at school, we had dozens of suicides every single year, like it was a small city. And I remember getting exposure to a lot of different types of people there. And I also remember not really ever understanding why are we doing it this way? Like, I see people who are struggling in school, and then I see people who are doing well in school. And the ones doing well in school in a lot of cases have really good support systems and the ones struggling really don't. So like, why are we all lumped in the same class? Why do I have to wait for this other person in the class to get it? Um, And I'll get into that in a little bit, but basically I didn't understand why we were doing what we were doing or what that was leading towards. And so it led me down, you know, a really a dark path of depression Mm. and um, ended up, you know, a couple of times in the, in the pediatric psych ward for suicide attempts and things like that. Wow. And I was just like, you know, I was in that angry teen angst phase of like, nothing makes sense. And this sucks. (laughs) So I took it out on myself. Luckily, I wasn't like, I didn't put it out on other people. I took it out on myself, I would go inward, and I got really depressed. And I just, you know, felt super, super alone. And a lot of that probably also had to do with my health routine. I was eating, you know, Hot Pockets and you know, like Lay's potato chips dipped in mayonnaise. I mean, my God, it's insane. I even lived to tell the tale.
0: (laughs) Yeah, did you, did you, I mean, I I assume you didn't grow up like with money?
1: Um, I, we're a very middle-class family. So we were never like super poor. We were also never super Super rich, rich, very hardworking parents. It was interesting too, because my mom always has had a corporate job her whole life. Mm. And my dad was an entrepreneur. Mm. And so his business was oftentimes up and down. He was a custom home builder in Michigan. Whereas my mom provided that stability for the family. So I really got to see both sides interesting. of what's possible. Um, So it was really interesting. I, I, you know, I just really was never taught emotional intelligence either, or that I remember, like, I think it was my junior or senior year of high school, I finally had a philosophy teacher, Mr. Robert, shout out to Mr. Robert out there, if he's still in Michigan. Um, he told me one day after class, cause I was expressing to him, we did some exercise where it was like a getting to know each other type exercise in class that day. And I remember expressing to him, like, you know, I'm just like really sad. I don't know why I'm sad. I'm just really sad. I'm really depressed. And he told me, Hey Liz, it's okay to be sad. That was the first time I'd ever heard that it was okay to be sad (laughs) my whole life, my whole childhood. I grew up thinking like it was wrong or bad to feel not okay. Mm. And so it just spiraled me down into this really, you know, not good, very toxic, very dangerous, dangerous, um, trajectory. And I got into drugs. I got into dealing drugs. Mm. Um, you know, I was just, I was skipping school because what I would do is I would just read the books at home, study for the test, show up for the exams, but what I didn't know and I did that for a long time what I didn't know and by the way I did really well on the exams I was usually in the top two to three percent of every class even though I hadn't attended the classes in, in a lot of cases and what I didn't realize was that my school also had a policy to subtract two percent of your grade for every unexcused absence So I'll never forget I also sat down at the end of the year with with my I think it was my advanced algebra teacher and I you know came in I think I went to a total of five to ten classes that entire semester wow and you know two or three of those were the actual exam dates because the rest of the time I was off, you know, getting into trouble. And he sat me down and he was like, your test scores are really good, but I have to be honest with you. I'm supposed to take off 2% for every unexcused absence. And for you, that's going to take your your grade from an A to to an E to a a failing grade. And he was like, do you have anything to say for yourself? And I was like, to be honest, no, there's no excuse for me to not have been here. But I was just honestly bored. I was bored in class. Like I understood these things and it didn't make sense to me you know, I've got a lot of stuff going on in my life and it just didn't make sense to me. And I'm really sorry. I don't have an excuse. He was like, okay, so let me tell you this. What if I just split the difference with you? Um, I'll take off half of the unexcused absences and you'll walk out with a C so you can still, you know, get into college and do what you need to do. And I'm very grateful that he had the, yeah. the wherewithal yeah. to actually grant some leniency around that. But anyway, back to the story. I was very unhealthy, very, you know, rebellious, just didn't, really didn't care. Can, I was like, this system is flawed. Can, actually, Get me out of here. Can,
0: before we go on, actually, I kind of want to talk about like this part of the story here because I feel like I have a pretty broad audience, you know, of people that listen to this, a lot of people with kids um, and and probably a lot of younger people. I think my core demographic is in their like early 20s um, and, 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 and probably late 20s as well. But like there's a lot of, you know, a, a array of people. What would you tell... Like, for the, the, the kids listening, for the someone out there that maybe has a child that is, you know, depressed or, like, things like that. Like, how did you get out of that? What's your message? Like, what, I, I don't want to say, like, what's your message of hope, but, like, what's your message of hope? Like, because I feel like in studying a lot of emotional intelligence and studying just human psychology and understanding, like, how people work, especially with, you know, marketing and you understand this. It's like people want to be heard, but more importantly, like, people want to be understood, right? And I feel like there's a lot of kids out there right now, millions of them that are in that position where they're, maybe they're not dealing drugs and getting into trouble, but a lot of them are, but a lot of them are depressed. They're sad for no reason. They don't understand why they don't get why the system is the way that they, uh, that is, they've been brainwashed into thinking that, you know, and I'm not making a statement one way or the other, but they've been brainwashed into thinking one way or the other, that you know, rich people and, you know, are out to are evil. Right. And they just want to take advantage of everything. And that, you know, that the system is rigged against them and that life is basically depressing and, and just a waste. Like, what would you tell that person?
1: Well, I would love to share what was really the turning point. Please that changed my entire life. Okay. So it was actually a, it was a personal experience. It was a very sensitive story. Um, right after I graduated from high school and was trying to get my life together, uh, the boy that I was dating in school, my high school sweetheart broke up with me and it was devastating. I I begged him not to go. And he said, no, I just need to go. And this is, he was mixed race, former military, grew up completely Mormon. And he was also depressed. So it was really interesting when we were dating, you know, I would notice he would get up and 10am he'd already be drinking beer in the shower, but I never said anything about it because, you know, we shared a lot of the same kind of gripes and belief systems and things like that. Like, what is wrong with his world? Right. <laughs> and I'll never forget, he broke up with me. I begged him not to go. And then a couple months, I went off to school. So I was like, okay, at least I'm starting a new path. Like, I'm going to try to get my life together and do what I can. But at the same time, you know, still had all of these belief systems like, fuck the system, fuck the right. man. All you know, right. All right. That. Right. And so he goes off, comes back a couple months later, and he asked um, to get back together. And at that point, I had already moved on. I think it was like three or four months later. Mm. I'd moved on. I had started to meet other people. And um, within a week of that conversation, I got a call from a mutual friend and I'll never forget. I was in my dorm room and I got a call from this mutual friend and said, Hey, are you, you know, do you have a second? Like, yeah. He's like, you know, are you alone? Do you have somewhere to sit down? Like, okay. Yeah. This was like a weird conversation to be starting. And he said, I just want to let you know, um, Jason killed himself. Jason shot himself a couple days ago. And, Um, here's when the funeral is scheduled and all of that kind of stuff. And I just collapsed onto my dorm room bed, collapsed and just started bawling and bawling and bawling and could not believe that it was real. He had talked about being suicidal, but I had no idea that he would actually take it that far. And especially after having just talked to him a week before where he said, you know, I made a mistake. I want to come back. I really miss you. And then to find out days later, he kills himself. And, um, so it was, it was really tough. And I think the, the moment for me that really turned it all around was at his funeral, which was an open casket funeral. So I will never get that image out of my brain. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: Someone shoots himself in the head and they decided to do an open casket funeral, which I don't know why you would do that, but I'm very grateful that they did because I'll never get that image out of my brain. Wow. And at his funeral, what really turned everything around for me in my life was hearing his mom and his younger brother talk about him. And I had a moment that right then and there, I will never do this to my family. I will never put them through this pain. I don't care how much pain I'm in, I will never do this to my family. And so, mm. right then and there, I was like, for the next couple months, he haunted me in the streets. Yeah, I, Not in I, a bad way, but like he literally haunted me. Like I would see him or what I thought was him in the streets. I would drive by his house and, you know, be floods of memories just coming back in. And I had to get out of Michigan. I was like, this is just, yeah, this is not healthy. Yeah. Like I've got to make a change. I've got to get out of here. I need to go somewhere, and start over completely fresh. So I packed my bags, moved to California and dedicated my life to getting healthy mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally, all the things no matter what it took because I saw where my life would head and what the end result would be yeah. if I didn't make that choice. So moved to California, signed up for a couple you know, fitness programs, started running, started learning more about exercise science and eventually made my way to LA where I worked for UCLA for a couple of years. Um, as a personal trainer and fitness instructor. And that is how my first YouTube channel was born. We were sharing um, content, healthy recipes and home workout ideas for people that were originally in our classes and, and were originally my, my training clients because I was honestly, quite honestly sick of answering the same question over and over just to different people. Like, I want to put the answers to this in one place so you guys can have them. Um, so my sister and I at the time, my real life sister, <clears throat> we started a blog and starting an Instagram account, started a Facebook page, Pinterest page, YouTube channel, all the things, had no idea where it was going to go. We just wanted one central place where anyone could go to get information that we never were taught growing up to help support them in becoming strong from the inside out. And so, you know, that brand kind of blew up over the next couple of years. And we've, we, the first, I think it was like after six months of posting free content, we did a, we're like, you know, let's try to do a group challenge. We wanted to get 10 women in a group challenge. I think we charged 20 bucks for it and we were like, let's, let's see what happens. You know, if we get 10 people, that'll be really fun to do. And we ended up having over 350 women (laughs) from around the world with very little marketing, very little, you know, no paid ads. We had no idea how, how to do that at that point. And
0: 350
1: women from Australia, Europe, places, even in the middle East were signed up for this, this program. And all of a sudden, you know, we made a couple hundred bucks and we're like, wow, I think we could maybe make money online doing this. This is yeah. really cool. Maybe we should have charged more. Maybe we should have put some more thought into this. And so this, the you know, pretty much the rest tells itself from there. The, that's what I've been doing for the last seven years. For about five of those years, <clears throat> really built that brand up. It's got 140,000 YouTube subscribers. We rank for some really um, competitive terms, like how to do the splits and try some nice. exercises for women and things like that. So people finding us organically all the time. And we had all of our, our programs set up in an automated system, so anyone who found us on any platform could then, if they wanted like a full written plan for them, they could go to our website and buy it. Mm. And we made a lot of money doing that. Um, and so a couple of years ago, my sister ended up getting married and wanted to start a new business with her now husband. And that was a really tough transition. Um, we didn't speak for like six months. It was
0: rough. <laughs> it was so, really and, rough. and and she was originally with you, like in the business that you guys yeah. helped you build. Okay.
1: Yeah, so she um, was the other sister in the Super Sister Fitness brand. And so we had to do a whole rebrand before she exited. So it used to be the Super Sisters, and then we, we switched it to Super Sister Fitness um, so that anyone can be a Super Sister, right? And so I, I transformed the model. Now the model is mostly an affiliate network. So we feature other you know health and fitness influencers for women, or really any... You don't even have to be an influencer. If you are smart, and you're talented, and you're gifted, and you can help support women in the journey of health then um, that's what we'll do is we'll feature your content and then we post all of our affiliate links and make income that way through that brand. And so in that transition, I had to really figure out like, what do I want to do? Right. You know, I, didn't, I didn't build this whole brand just to have it disappear into the ether. Right. So that's kind of how I, how I adjusted and, and pivoted, if you will, with that. Um, and I basically took an entire year off because i didn't know really what do i do now i took a whole year off i had all this youtube money coming in um and i just traveled the world and i remember a lot of people dozens of people that year were like what do you do yeah <laughs> how are you just, like traveling around all the time and i i would always say youtube i just get money from youtube youtube pays me we make sales from youtube do brand deals couple sponsorships and that's how i live my life what? and um i had enough i was waiting i had you know, prayed and I was waiting for, because I'm a big fan of pull motivation, not push motivation. I wanted to be pulled towards the next Mm. thing that was meant for me. And dozens and dozens and dozens of people asked me that year, how are you making money? How do you, how do you monetize YouTube? And so thus my second company vidfluence was born. This was about two years ago where I started, I did a little beta launch with a YouTube growth course and, you know, Honestly, it's been way more fun because now it's like the the butterfly ripple impact of being able to empower other entrepreneurs, creatives, people who are problem solvers and giving them a platform and the technical knowledge they need to understand to actually make YouTube work for them instead of the other way around is really, really awesome. So that's kind of like the, the cliff notes summary of my my story.
0: I'm curious. Okay. So you work primarily with a lot of women and one of the things that, hmm, how do I say this? accused isn't the right word. One of the things that gets brought to my attention a lot is Josh, you're a white male in America. You have no idea what struggle is. And so I'm like, all right, cool, I, I get that. Um, when growing your brand specifically, when working with a lot of these women, do you or did you ever feel um, like you were treated differently than a man would be? Did you, like what's it like being a woman entrepreneur? I guess that's my question.
1: Oh, this is a loaded question. I think the only times I've ever noticed a difference is whether it, I've been at female-run events versus male, primarily male-run events. Um, in the entrepreneurship and marketing space, there's a lot of male-run events. A lot. Um, in the spiritual health. And so, and now we're seeing more you know, business events that are women-specific. Just the way that they're run is so wildly different. Really? You can tell there's like a there's much more of an emotional context. And I've actually had many clients come, to, come my way now that have said, you know, I did so-and-so's program and it was just so aggressive and like macro, you know, macro masculism. And I just don't want to sell that way. I'm like, great, come in here. We'll teach you how to do it with a little bit more emotional intelligence. Right. 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 And not so much like fist to the pavement, hardcore closer, like get the deal or die. Right. Kind of right, right. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that a lot about, um, mail run events like I haven't been to a very many I don't go to a lot of events in general like I think most events are just a big pitch fest, right um, but like some of them I actually find like real value from right and i like I love the connections and stuff that i I make there, but i a hundred percent know what you mean about like get the dealer or die right it's It's all about profit, cash flow, you know we are closers, right you know everything and I'm not hating on anybody in specific, but like there's, that's a real vibe. Like that's a real environment. And it, I think it is. It's one of those things that make a lot of people uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. It, it always makes me uncomfortable, whether it's a male or a female bragging yeah. about their numbers. That always makes me uncomfortable. I won't say who his name, but I'll never forget this one time, a very big fitness influencer and fitness business coach came over to my house in San Diego was staying, you know, for a couple nights cuz we we I lived in an entrepreneur house there and so we okay. often gotcha. you know yeah, opened our sure. doors for for other entrepreneurs to come and stay and you know do think tanks and things like that. So this person was there for a couple of days and the first question he asked me was how many followers do you have? And I was like, what the hell <laughs> what kind of question is that? And yes, technically okay, I have a lot of followers. Cool, but who cares? Right? Like, why right. is that your first question yeah. to somebody yeah. whose house you're staying at? It was just so weird. So, and I'm not saying like that's just a male thing. Right? There's definitely right. females that also do that, but I just can't stand it. Like, if you if you're focused on the numbers, yeah, that's important. The health of your business relies on numbers for sure, but that shouldn't be the why. That shouldn't be the purpose. That shouldn't yeah. be the thing that you're like sitting over dinner talking to, with people about is like, well, guess how much, how many followers <laughs> I have? Well, I just made this much money. It's like, oh my God, can we just all go get a life please? Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it's so crazy though, because that's the world. I mean, I like thats the new media, right? Like Instagram is the new media. YouTube is the new media. And so it's almost like, uh, you know, we used to compare other things and now we compare the size of our following, right? It's like, how many followers do you have? Oh, that, like that's the status symbol, right? I don't know, I, don't, I was homeschooled. I grew up in a class of one. I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere, right? Like when we're talking about you talk 4,200 people in your school, I'm like, I was the only one in my class and it was at home in my bedroom at a desk, all right? So like, I don't know what people used to brag about. But I was like, I don't know, who you know, who's got more money? Who's got the, you know, the big nicer house or nicer car? But now it's like this thing that we all have access to. It's all followers, right? And we live in this world and I've grown and managed 6 million followers. So I totally get everybody's just comparing their follower account. But to me, you look at it and you go, like you said, who cares? But like, also, if you know anything about follower accounts, followers actually mean nothing. Like you could literally have a million followers and be super broke. And you could have 10,000 followers and be like actually changing the world. You know what I mean? Um, And so I always think it's interesting. I think you can tell a lot about a person by what they're trying to compare. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would agree with that. So, yeah, I would say like male versus female.
0: Events. Oh, yeah. Back to I just yeah.
1: noticed it's a lot more common of a conversation at male-run events or male-dominated events is like the. I want to say something here, but I don't know how PC or.
0: Oh no, is. we're we are so we are open to anything. I mean, I, I we start conspiracy theories here, so say whatever you want.
1: Yeah, it's like that that BDE, you know, that dick swinging energy. It's yeah. like, man, I just don't want to be around that. Whether you're male yeah. or female, just that's not why I do what I do. So. Yeah. That's your your priority. I I just can already tell we're not going to probably get along very well. Yeah. Um. Not yeah. that I'll be mean to you, but you might not like my responses to your questions, right? Because <laughs> and trust me, that guy did not like my response of like, why does that matter?
0: Right. Okay. And so I I think it's super interesting because I get myself in I I say trouble and I kind of use that terminology lightly because I don't think it's trouble. A lot of people don't like me for it, but one of the things that like my girlfriend had to get used to it. My mom and family super had to get used to it. I'm like, if you ask questions, I'm going to give you answers. And you might not like the answers, but I'm not gonna change my answer based on who you are. Like if you ask me a question, I'm going to answer the question exactly how and like what I believe. And so if you, you know, come to me and you, you know, like, hey, what do you think of blank? Or how many bubble, you know, this. And I, I'm i gonna tell you exactly what I think about that, even if that makes you uncomfortable, right? And, you know, I've had this conversation a lot of times where people will, they'll ask a question to get a specific answer, right? And then you will answer the question with knowing what the answer they're actually looking for, but like answer it in a completely different format and they get so upset or they make it so uncomfortable. It's like, how could you possibly say that? And it's like, well, don't ask dumb questions if you don't want dumb answers. You know what I mean? Like if you don't (laughs) want answers that are gonna offend you. And I think that people... I think people are so afraid to be themselves. I think people are so afraid to stand up for what they believe in because I don't think most people actually know what they believe in. I think most people, we live in this Instagram world, especially you and I, and like we understand you know, a lot of what's going on there. It's like a lot of people form their beliefs based on what they think is gonna make everybody else like them. And
1: mm-hmm. they're
0: afraid to stand up for like what they believe in. You know what I mean?
1: It's interesting, I learned um another way to box people into little categories. Uh, about a year ago, I had a friend bring some a perspective up for me. She said, "There's this thing. You know how there's all these personality tests, right? Yeah, so there's, many, also, yeah. there's also and this was really founded on the quote, I can't remember who said it, but all human conflict is fundamentally ideological. And so here comes another hmm. box people in. There's truth seekers, and then there's harmony seekers. And so I think we're seeing this actually play out that's on the world actually stage right now.
0: Super, that's super interesting. I think that's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, this is good. Continue, sorry. So,
1: so it's not that there's anything wrong with truth or there's anything wrong with harmony. Those are both good things. It's just which one are you prioritizing naturally? in your natural state. Mm. So truth seekers, they are the ones who speak out and they will usually be the first to talk. If they're asked <laughs> a question, they're going to tell you exactly how they feel. No filter. It's just, Hey, here's what it is, is what I think. And that's it. And the intention with that, if you take it to its highest evolution is you believe in being able to express yourself yeah, and you want everyone else to also have that, that same view, right? Like you want, you want it to be okay. And your expression of, Hey, here's what I think you think is giving the other people in the room permission to also say, Hey, here's what I think.
0: Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I think there's this underlying thing. Cause I'm definitely in that category. It's this underlying think a thing of, Hey, listen, like there's truth out there and you know what? I don't need to be right, but I want to believe what's right. Right. You know, it's like, it's like, so if, if I'm going to have an opinion, I might as well have an opinion based in truth. And if you don't like that too bad, but like, he, he, I'm going to speak what it is. You speak your truth. And I'm going to see if you bring up anything that maybe I didn't think about, but I'm going to tell you exactly what I believe truth to be. And if truth changes, meaning I learn new things to have a new truth, if you will, or have a deeper perspective, uh, understanding of that, then I'll change. But like, I'm not going to change what I believe to be true simply to make you happy. And I wouldn't expect you to do the same thing for me.
1: Right. So that's a standard truth seeker 100%. mentality on the other side of it are harmony seekers. Okay. And so harmony seekers, if you're in a group, uh, you know, a group where a question's been asked, harmony seekers will allow everyone else to speak first, to make sure that everybody has a safe place to express themselves. They're often the last to last to, to speak, um, uh, because they want to make sure everyone gets their turn. And that's very important to them. Like they, they value harmony. They value community. They value multiple voices. And then they'll come in and share after everyone else has shared and their intention and their, their highest evolution is they also want to get along. They want the same things. So this is the pain, the point I'm getting to hmm. true seekers and hmm. harmony seekers. If you take both of those intentions to their highest evolution, they both want the same thing. They want to guarantee that everyone will be able to have a voice they just have different ways of going about it interesting that makes
0: sense? yeah that's super interesting huh and i feel i feel like one and this is just my off the cusp thinking so fight back me on this if you disagree i feel like one does it through means of personal empowerment and the other does it through ways of Um, I don't know, like not personal power. Like, I feel like people that seek truth are like, or the truth seekers as we're defining them are like, Hey, speak up for yourself. Like, Hey, everybody's like, go out there and like, know what you believe and take personal responsibility and be loud and get out there and whatever. And other people are like, no, don't do that. We need to hear all voices. And we're like, yeah, we do need to hear all voices. So speak up. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, if you want to be heard, use your dang voice, right? You know what I'm saying? And th- the other people are like, well, not everybody has the, you know, not everybody has the confidence that you do. So I'm like, go get the confidence, right? Like, you know what I mean? If you actually believe something, and I know not everybody's wired like that, but I feel like I feel like there's dangerous sides to both sides, right? There's very dangerous sides of truth seekers and there's various, uh, very dangerous sides of harmony seekers. But I think the fundamental difference is one of them says, everybody has power. Everybody should be able to speak up and nobody should be canceled out. We should be able to hear all sides, right? Unless you're literally, you know, I posted something the other day um, and I was like, you know, 36 gangs in Chicago, Uh, vowed to shoot cops on the spot if they see a gun drawn. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's something we should not, like, that can't be entertained. Like, that's just wrong, right? Anybody that says, I don't care if you're a cop, I don't care if you're black, I don't care if you're white, I don't care if you're man, woman, Asian, American, Mexican, I don't care. If you say, we're going to shoot someone, that's bad. Like we, we can't tolerate that. But as long as you're not physically actually harming someone else, you should be able to say whatever the heck you want. I don't care, right? Like you can be able to say, America sucks, America's evil and America should be burned. If you believe that, as long as you're not actively harming someone else, if that's your belief, cool, back it up with reasons and let's debate that. On the flip side of that, the people that want harmony, I feel like a lot of times take it to the extreme and are like, let's have harmony. And those, those truth seekers that are pissing everybody off, we need to get rid of them because they're causing disharmony and they're trying to like cancel out this other voice in the name of harmony, but that's really not harmony either.
1: Yeah. I mean, both, ha- bo- again, both are right. And both are wrong, you know? And that's why like, you can't, <sighs> I won't say you can't cause you can't, you can try, you can try to force people into these tiny boxes and simplify everything and just call them a name and say, you know what, because you're that name now I don't have to listen to anything you have to say. And also there's something to be said positive about that. If you need to draw a boundary because what that person said, especially if they're a truth seeker and you know that they're just going to keep rattling off what they think and <laughs> it's triggering you then put a boundary up and hope, you know, <laughs> don't engage with it, unfollow, <laughs> yeah. delete, block. It's as simple as that. Um, so I don't know, both are right and both are wrong. You'll never see me take like a strong stance on either side because I'm fluid, and I, I definitely don't want to be boxed in. Yeah, based on what I look like, based on my very limited life experience, I only know what's true for me, and that comes from something higher than me. You know what I mean? What do you think of religion? That's a that's a good question. Um, I I love sharing this story because this. I think is a testament to how well I was raised, even though, you know, my parents are by no means perfect. We definitely had our, our issues. I'll, I very much respect the way that they raised us around being able to choose what our life looked like for ourselves. And mm. I, I was, I think I was eight years old. I was riding the school bus home from school one day and I was in the back of the bus and all these kids were, you know, celebrating and hanging out and whatever. And I was kind of just like outside of it. And then all of a sudden, one of the, the main kids that was the loudest pointed at me and said, have you been baptized? Cause they were going around saying, "Have been baptized?" <laughs> and they were like high fiving, like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to heaven together," and like, "We're gonna be best friends." Points at me and says, "Have you been baptized?" And I said, "No." I didn't know what that was. I was like right. eight years old. Right. I, I, didn't even, <laughs> I didn't grow up in church, and I was like, "No." And he was like, "Oh my God, you're horrible! You're going to hell! You're gonna be condemned forever!" Oh and so I got off the bus That day, and I went to my mom and I said, "Mom, what does it mean to be baptized?" And she said, "Oh, do you want to find out?" And I said, "Yeah." Some kids were being really mean to me on on the school bus today. I would, I would love to find out like, am I, am I bad? Am I going to go to hell? Like, should I get baptized? And she's like, okay, well, let me, let me take you to the church and we'll go do a tour. We'll look at Sunday school and you can make the choice yourself. And so she took me and my younger sister, because my younger sister also didn't want to be made fun of on the the school bus, right?
0: right. No no eight-year-old or six-year-old wants to be made fun of on the school bus.
1: Yeah. So we, she took us to a local church. And, um, we did the whole tour, they showed us the breaking bread and what it would mean to be baptized and you know what the ceremony is and all that, that we got like a whole tour of Sunday school and what we would be learning and how long we'd have to be there. And it was really eye opening. and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. This is, yeah, this is very churchy. And so we get home and my mom goes, do you, do you guys want to sign up? And I said, no, I'm okay. Thank you though. I learned a lot and that was it. And so no, I was not traditionally raised religious, but I was not hidden from it either. I was always exposed and given the option to choose for
0: myself. Do you think that an eight-year-old has the capacity to make a decision effectively? In, in some
1: cases, in some cases, for some things. When it comes to dangerous situations that put them in you know, in harm's way, absolutely not. They need... Support. They need to be helped with that. But I think, um, I don't know, do you know Jesse Elder? He just made a oh, post yeah, about yeah. The so a couple of days ago, Jesse Elder made that, that post about, you know, how schools are actually doing a very good job of what they're designed to do, which is to get people to conform to a certain way of thinking so <laughs> that they become productive workers in a workforce. And, um, you know, I really loved what he said as an aside to that, which is, what's the alternative? When are we going to transform? When are we going to revolutionize the school system? What is the alternative? Healthy humans are going to naturally self-segregate and decide what it is that is calling to them. You know, Joe down the street might be really called towards mechanics, and then little old me over here, like I would just want to make cool videos and help people. <laughs> like, right, right. Those are very Joe down the street is a mechanic. He's not going to want to put a camera in front of his face and talk to people and like and make information entertaining, right? He's just not going to want to do that. His brain works differently. So I think over time people will naturally self-select if you give them the platform to do that. And it's not to say that when I was eight years old, I was like, you know what, I'm never going to explore religion in the future. It's just at that time, it wasn't a priority to me. And over the years, what ended up happening is my spiritual connection to a higher power grew exponentially, especially through some of those really, really challenging situations that happened in high school And it's been a a lifelong pursuit. You know, I'm not saying that I don't believe in God. i definitely believe there's something out there. Yeah, for sure. There's way too many coincidences for it to just be one big accident. That's, that's, nearly impossible for that to be the case right but i did have stages of anarchy i did have stages where i went to church i did have stages where i you know went to buddhist temples i had stages where i was just completely in my own yoga practice and that was my spirituality so i don't know it's really interesting i think there's pros and cons to to all sides but we just need to be avoiding bigotry because there's no possible way unless we all become androgynous drones that we're all ever going to agree on anything
0: right Well, and it's interesting on the religion topic about that. So like, I grew up like very like cult, like religious almost, um, like, I couldn't listen to secular music. I couldn't even listen listen to like contemporary Christian music because it was like had drums in it. My sisters had to wear like, you know, dresses all the way to their ankles. I couldn't, I had to wear a a shirt, a t-shirt while I was swimming as a dude because it was immodest. I mean, like we're talking like like super, super religious there for a while, right? Very, very cult-like. And um, my family is not that way anymore. My parents are, you know, super, super awesome now. But one of the things that I find, really frustrating with christians is i'm like most christians never go test their faith okay and so like when you're like hey i you know grew you know i spent time in like a buddhist temple or i'm things like that like there are christians out there that are like how that's so wrong and i'm like if if christianity was true which which i believe it is right like I, i do believe in the god of the bible um i'm like you should be able to go and test it anywhere and it stand up. And so like when I, like I had my time when I left the church for a little bit and, you know, kind of ran off and did my own thing, but like I've studied Buddhism and I've studied, you know, Mormonism and Catholicism and Christianity and, you know, um, Islam and like all these different like faiths and things like that. And I'm like, I believe that religion, there's a lot of people that look at religion and they think of it as a negative thing, right? They're like, oh, religion is terrible. There's pedophile priests, which are, you know, terrible, awful, terrible, horrible things. Right. But I'm like, I believe that the church in whatever format that looks like overwhelmingly is a, is a positive thing in society. Because I believe that if, if you are on a search for truth, if you are on a search for some, you know, connection of meaning and purpose or things like that, I believe that if you continue to search that you will eventually find truth. And so for me, like I get in a lot of trouble. A lot of my Christian friends hate me for it. They're like, do you believe the Bible is absolutely true? And I'm like, I don't know. I think so. But I'm like, I'm super open to the idea that it's not because the second that I go and I'm like, this is truth. There is no other way. You know, things like that. I'm closing my mind off to the opportunity or to the potential that that maybe it's, that maybe there is something else out there that's true. And I wouldn't want like if I truly believe in Christianity, I wouldn't want somebody that's a Buddhist or I, w- you know, uh, th- that's you know is into Hinduism or something like that. I wouldn't want them to be cut off if I was trying to witness to them and say, "Hey, come over here. There's this new way of thinking that, you know, like." may actually change your perspective. So why should I be shut off to their way of thinking as well? And I think that as a general rule, if you go out there and you have this open mind that's like, hey, I do believe there's absolute truth out there. I also believe that the Bible has been, you know, interpreted, you know, year after year for the last two, three, four, five thousand, you know, years or, you know, however long it's been, it's like when you look at it that way, I feel like it's a it's a very narrow-minded way of thinking to be like, no, this is the truth, the only way, and there's no other ways, and you know, everything like that. I, I believe in Jesus. I believe that, you know, Jesus is the way to God and the way to heaven. But I'm also like, there's 7 billion people on this world and there's been billions and billions and billions of people, you know, on this earth, you know, for the, the history of mankind. Why are, why do we think that the new King James version of the English speaking language of America is the God that is going to, you know what I mean? It just seems so crazy to me. And um, I think that so many people are stuck in their ways and that because of that, there's a very negative view of religion overall, in, in, at least in America. and Or maybe not overall, but there's a lot of people that have a negative view that are like, oh, if you're one of those religious people, like, that's just a coping mechanism. I'm like, well, I don't know about that. Like, I feel like it, it actually does do a lot to open your mind and understand that there are spiritual battles. And if you're, you know ever done any form of psychedelic or you've had deep meditation or like you know breathing exercises, like, you kind of get up there and you realize there's a whole lot more here. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I do. I think, I mean, we're seeing that same thought pattern play out in many different contexts right now. And at the end of the day, no one knows the truth, but we all got here through the same vehicle of creation. So like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me why you would attach to the very limited perspective you have as one human being out of the literal billions and trillions of people that have come before you. Yeah maybe have a different view and that's, it's just never going to change. You know, people need to learn how to take responsibility for your own emotions and stop projecting it on other people.
0: hundred percent.
1: You are 100% the only reason for the circumstances in your life currently. Yeah. And that's not to say that bad things don't happen to people. Of course they do, but you always have the choice of how you respond to them. And I don't think that that's being taught enough in schools, in in family units. I just don't think that's being taught. I know I wasn't taught that when I grew up and it turned me into a very angsty teen who was ready to, to end it all, you know, and it just yeah. really was not healthy or productive. Um, so one thing I will say though, I think it was Abe Lincoln that said the constitution is only for a religious and moral people. Yep. And I do think that some sort of spirituality or religion should be more integral to local communities. I, I really do believe that. The tenets that most religions stand for are all very good, very productive, very social, meaning yeah. the opposite of antisocial. Right? Antisocial means it's harmful to society. Very social constructs for social beings. So I do think that there should be more of a, a local community establishment around religion or spirituality of some form because we're not allowed to talk about it in schools, which is crazy. Which is like
0: ridiculous. We, all came,
1: we came from this... Mysterious place where we weren't here before and now we're here. No one knows why But we can't get along enough to even recognize like I actually I have a good friend who was private schooled in LA And she was just sharing with me that her her sister is actually a teacher in the in the private school district in in LA And she was saying that they're not allowed to celebrate birthdays anymore nor are they allowed to celebrate any holidays anymore either and I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. I remember even in public schools in Michigan, we grew up learning about all the different holidays. We learned about Hanukkah, we learned about Christmas, we learned about Kwanzaa even. I don't—I still to this day don't know anyone who celebrates Kwanzaa, but it was cool <laughs>
0: to learn about. Right, right, It was right, really right.
1: cool to learn about, just like the same way when, when I was eight years old and my mom said, do you wanna learn about it? I said, yeah, of course, show me the way. Like, let me see what this is all about. And I think it's really dangerous when we start self-selecting or censoring what kids should be growing up yeah. with. I think it's very important for people to have a higher purpose and a connection to something bigger than themselves, because if we don't have that. Like we start devolving into a, an antisocial aimless society where yeah. we're just all entitled looking for a handout. And it's just not, I just don't see it as productive at all.
0: I don't think it's productive in any way. And I think that like, I think it's super like if we want an intelligent educated society, which, you know, I, I hate, I hate to get, you know, political here, but I, I want to just draw some parallels here because I don't understand cancel culture in general, right, is basically, you know, the, the, these woke people, right? We, we should, we should have free education. We, everybody should be able to go to college or whatever, but also let's cancel out any worldview that doesn't align with what I'm saying. I'm like, that's not an educated society, right? An educated society is one that understands that there are many different worldviews, that there are many different ways of living, that there are many different ways to get somewhere and that you should be educated about it and that you should be able to make decisions based on that. Like, I'm like, hey, I think, and one of the things that I think my, my parents, I was homeschooled, right? So uh, I think my parents, even though for, in the beginning stages of my life, I was very cult-like Christian. In high school, I think my parents did a really good job of being like, hey, here's other religions, like, go, let, let's go study them. And I remember uh, I read a book called Understanding the Times. And it was literally a book that broke down what different religions believed. And I was like, that's such a fascinating thing. Like I now have such a deeper understanding of what, you know, how each one of these religions were formed. And now I get to go and decide ultimately what's right for me or, you know, what I believe to be true. And I can now respect, like I used to, you know, a lot of my friends growing up, they're like, oh my gosh, did you see, you hear there's that Buddhist temple going in, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like- oh my gosh, that's terrible. We're all gonna die. There's a Buddhist temple going. And now I'm like, sweet, there's a Buddhist temple going in. I bet you that brings some interesting perspective to it, right? I might not agree with that, but I'm like, I also don't think that they're terrorists that are gonna kill us. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that that brings a a healthy dialogue to society. And I think that, you know, with that, like if you live in the truest version of yourself, you can only live in the truest version of yourself if you understand other people's way of thinking. Because you have to be able to say, I actually believe this and I don't believe this and here's why. But nobody knows how to teach that.
1: Yeah it's interesting even on my my fitness youtube channel um you know my my younger sister was a was a certified yoga teacher so she did her teacher training nice. and all that and part of teacher training is you learn sanskrit you learn the sanskrit words for the poses you're doing that's part of it yeah. it comes directly from the yoga practice like it's part of it right and so she put out a couple of videos that were yoga yoga flows on youtube and there were definitely some some very hateful comments in there like how dare you? This should be, you know, an American channel. <laughs> like, We don't want any of that stuff like, coming man. over here. And I was just like, Oh my God, please read a book.
0: Yeah. <laughs> please read about anything. Oh, uh, it's so my, my girlfriend is a, a certified yoga instructor as well. And so, and I have really good friends, actually the Yaks brothers. Um, they run yoga studios in North Carolina. It's one of the Carolina, I think it's North. Um, And like, they're like just some of the most like genuine, awesome, you know, great people um, that I've ever met. To- very different religious views, I think that you know than I have, and it's like we can still have these great conversations about things, and we can still have a deep understanding and-, and respect for one another and believe different things. And I think that's one of the biggest, most dangerous things in America today is that we're trying to cancel the other side. And I'm like, I don't. The only thing that I want to cancel is like actual harm towards other human beings, like actual violence. Like I'm like, we absolutely should cancel police brutality. Like there absolutely needs to be police reform, right? We absolutely should not judge people based on the color of their skin. Like these are like pretty basic things that I'm like, yeah, because doing that is literally canceling the other side, right? You know what I'm saying? Like to be like, oh, black people, you know, are inherently criminals or, you know, that racism doesn't exist. I'm like, what? are you you kidding me? Of course it does. You know what I mean? Like open your eyes for two seconds, people, you know what I'm saying? But like (laughs) at the other side of it, you got to look at it and go, okay, but not everything deserves to be canceled. Most things are just a difference of opinion and where it starts to get super, super dangerous. And I get myself, you know, I'm vocal about my support for Trump. I'm like, Trump is is better than Biden. It's better than the left. It's better than the other side. I'm voting for Trump, right? Like he's a terrible person. He's an a-hole. He's, you know, an egotistical maniac. He sucks. Like I get it, but like I'm voting for him, right? Why? Because I think that he, at least with him, gives us the best chance to have some form of dialogue on the other side. Not him. He's clearly can't see the other side, right? He's the most self-filled person I've ever seen in my whole life, right? But at the same time, at least under his way, like, it allows you and I to have a more open discussion. And I think, like, that's the conversation we need to be having is, like, how do we have more open discussion about the differences in in the world today? And if we did that, it would be wonderful. And maybe I could go live my life without having to be involved in politics, but here we are. (laughs) Um, Yeah,
1: I just want to say, I I don't know if you've ever met or experienced a, a yogi in the rage. But I'm not saying all, all, but you definitely said like a lot of the yoga community is very peaceful and good people and things like that. But there are also bad apples in there. I remember sure. leaving the yoga studio one day in, in Northern California and I went down to Whole Foods and there was, um, somebody from the class who had just been in her Zen mode. And then she went full Karen mode when somebody took a parking spot and it was, it was interesting to see cause it's like, didn't we just talk about peace and love towards fellow humanity? And now here we are in the whole foods parking lot and you're about to brawl over a parking spot. So it's just, you know, That's people so are funny. weird People can, are that way in all communities.
0: Can you imagine being named Karen in 2020?
1: I was just talking about that with my boyfriend the other day, like, man, all the real good Karens out there. I feel so bad. for Yeah, we,
0: we, we apologize. But also you're a meme forever now, at least for the rest of 2020. You're not going anywhere. So <laughs> that's too funny. That's too funny. Uh, Liz, this has been really fun. And um, I want to I want to kind of just free flow it here, you know, as we begin to kind of wrap it up here. Is there anything specifically that you want to touch on or cover or talk about um, in regards to anything?
1: Uh, I could do a spoken word for you. Sure. Okay. This is really important, actually. This is like my entire life purpose and mission is to help support people who are struggling to recognize you do have power and you do have choice and you will always have choice no matter what your external circumstances are telling you. And I had a couple years ago, I had a friend who was also experiencing some dark times and she was very suicidal. And so I wrote this song for her. And it just came through me stream of consciousness. I try mm. I tell people that this is like, no, I'm not religious, but God in the universe or whatever it is speaks to me. I've been woken up in the middle of the night sometimes and had to write down stream of consciousness that came through me. That's amazing. So a lot it? of the, yeah. So a lot of the stuff that I, I write, um, and perform is like, people are like, wow, how do you do that? Do you sit down and just like, how did you get good writing? I'm like, honestly, they're not my words. They were just given to me. So mm. I want to share this little piece yeah, before we please. hop off, especially yeah. for the younger yeah. kids who are out there who are, you know, maybe maybe the world isn't looking how you want it to look right now. Yeah. And just remember yeah. this. Um, I'm just going to kind of freeform and riff it because usually do it. I do this with a beat. I haven't done this in a little while too, so bear with me. You were young, you were innocent, surrounded by maleficence. And even though you were a ray of light, You got swallowed up by dark of night. And if I could, my dear, I would take the pain away. I would rise up from the flame, wash the whole thing down a day like a storm out down the drain. I'd eliminate your hate, dry the tears upon your face and hold you till it dissipates. But there was something in your soul that really needed this thing to grow, to understand humanity and all of its insanity. And somewhere deep inside, you know, though it was never really caused by you. It definitely had to come through a full expression, loaded weapon, hidden blessing because it's how you get to know. That whenever you are given the choice now, that you always get to have a voice, always get to have your own back twice, get to hold your own hand when it's time to face the dark side, because the time will always pass by, and at the end of this road for you is growing to a butterfly. If the branches of your tree are going to touch a sky, roots need to slide down slithered so it on the dark ride, driving down the never-ending way to hell, please wear a seatbelt, I'll wait for you and wish you well, but don't forget that the road goes on. Never-ending love is in your heart song. So if you just have faith and you hold on, God will always light the way back up the tree trunk, giving you the strength to climb out of there with freedom and find us all swinging in the treetops. Because that's how you go from living in the monkey mind to climbing higher rubbing elbows with the holy and divine, how you get to cut up and close out the karmic ties, how you get to say goodbye to evil eaten up inside. Don't let it keep you because God knows I need you. And God knows you see through the veil of this evil, the dark side of people, the hurt that you bleed through. But don't you dare forget there's always a sequel. There is always a sequel. So don't let this defeat you because we are your people. And God knows we need you. So when you're lost in the dark night, remember that's the only place to see the stars shine. That's the place that your soul becomes a firefly. Even a little spark could light up the sky. So forget all the shit and let go of it. It's too heavy to climb if you're holding it. And I know you're tired and you're over it. So let's leave it behind and get rid of it. Free of it, how? Just put it down, walk away now. You'll feel a lot better adjusting your crown because God made you perfect and you just found out your heart is exploding with infinite power, infinite power. Your heart is the seed, the seed of your soul. And when you're in need, just nurture and grow it. Watch it unfold, ancient wisdom, stories untold. There's always a sequel. So don't let this defeat you because we are your people and God knows we need you. There's always a sequel to elevate is of the highest intent. But sometimes to do that, we need to feel the deepest of pain because light without dark is just more of the same. Yin without yang won't make sense to your brain. You came here for a lesson in the humane. So don't sit there thinking it was all in vain. This knowledge, you know it, you've heard it before. Here it comes up again, knocking on your front door. School is in session and love is the lesson. So don't you dare forget your God's greatest blessing.
0: Oh my gosh, that was so good! That is probably the coolest clip of any podcast episode I've ever done. Well done, thank you thank for you. doing that. That was incredible. Thank you. Have you put that out anywhere?
1: Uh, not officially. I've done it a few times at like events and small masterminds with with other. You need to put that out. Like that. Thank like, you for real. Thank that's
0: you. that's super powerful. That's super powerful. And there are there are like like um, do you know the the artist uh, Watsky? Mm -mm. Okay, uh, my brother, so my brother passed away in a helicopter crash last year over in Kenya. And um, one of his favorite songs was um, uh, Talking to Yourself by Watsky. And it kind of like, like, I listened to it a lot. I really, really like the the beat of that and like the words about I feel like that is in a lot, kind of like the same, like vibe as that. Like, that's super, super powerful. I think you you should definitely do something with that. That's super cool.
1: I will. Thank you. Sorry to hear about your brother. But yeah, I feel like people need to hear that message for sure. So I will. I will take that and run with it. Yes, Thank you. please do.
0: Please do. And like, if you drop it out or put it out anywhere, let me know because I'd love to share it out. That's, that was, that was, man, I, I wish I could. Uh, I, I mean, I'm pretty good with words, but I've never had something like that before. So that's super, super cool. I love, I love when people are, um, like you could tell, like you're you're speaking from the heart, right? Like you're speaking from like, like there's a a genuine flow of just like, like you said, like uh, almost prophetic, like this just came to me. Right. And like, you can feel that in that because it just flew so naturally. And it's like, you didn't think about that too hard. It came to you and it was like very genuine and real. And I think like when that happens, like when I I said at the beginning, like a lot of people just want to be understood. And I feel like there's a lot of people there right now when you're talking about like, you know, root, you know, in order for your, uh, your branches to touch the sky, you know, the roots got to go down into like the dark places or like, I feel like people can relate to that. it's like, they understand it, they feel heard, they feel understood. And it like gives them permission of like, Hey, I don't even know you, but you understand me. You understand like what I'm going through in a way that like most people haven't been able to connect it with. So yeah, I would definitely do something with that. I appreciate you sharing.
1: Sweet. Thank you for having me again.
0: Yeah. Liz, thank you so much. Um, where can people find you?
1: Uh, you can find me everywhere at Liz does video on social or Liz does Video.com.
0: Liz does video, uh, L I Z right. Liz, Liz does video
1: does video. Liz, yep.
0: Liz does video.com. guys. We'll link that down below. Liz, thank you so much for your time. Had a, had a blast with it. We'll have to do it again soon and, uh, keep rocking and rolling spreading, uh, spreading love and, and, uh, positivity to the world. I appreciate you. Yeah, you too. Thanks guys, as always hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are going to be the ones that change the world. I love y'all and I'll see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace. <laughs>